Welcome to another edition of the Carboline Tech Service Podcast. I'm Jack Walker. With me, as always, is the Director of Technical Service, Mr. Paula Jamis. And Paul, I'd like to congratulate your Browns for their best start since 2004 with a record of 0-0-1. Yay! You know, you like to tell me all the time how Cleveland is better than St. Louis, but you know what? I think I'd rather not have a football team than have my best start in 14 years be 0-0-1. You know, you got to start somewhere. And they seem to be in this perpetual rebuilding scenario. Hopefully, they actually leave this building block in place and and take a step two. It could be worse. You, You could be from Detroit. Yeah, that's true. Because as of right now, our record is infinitely better than it was last year. Well, I guess you can go down again. Yeah, we could. But it'll still be better than last year. You're already better than last year. 0-15-1 is still better than last year. I think what's happening is the Lions are mad that you took their their sole spot of the 0-16 record. (laughs) So they're going to try and beat you this year with like a miserable 0-16. I mean, they made a rookie quarterback look like Joe Montaigne or something. <laughs> Email us in for that movie reference and uh, we'll give you a clap on the back. <laughs> I started to say we'll give you a t-shirt, but we, we ain't got a t-shirt. <laughs> got to keep up on the movie references. They come at you fast. Yep. Paul, if they wanted to tell us what movie reference that was, how would they get a hold of us? They could reach us at technicalservice at carboline.com. They can also get us on the Twitters. Jack's at Jack underscore CTSP, and I'm at Paul underscore CTSP. So we're going to continue down our coding technology path, and we're talking about the different resin types, and we're going to talk today about acrylic coating. Basically, what Jack's trying to get us to today is that regular old latex paint that everybody is is used to, familiar with, understands. You can go to your local hardware store and get it. You can go to your local paint stores and get it. This is, and and Carboline does offer one too, but this is really a fundamental shift in how coatings have been developed starting way back in the 30s. It has really migrated into all the different parts of of coatings. For industrial coatings, for chemical coatings, for OEM operations, everybody has incorporated a little bit of this acrylic technology into what they're doing. Sure, even to the point of there's acrylic epoxies um, when you... You know, you don't typically think, you know, a lot of people think of acrylics as tied to waterborne, but that's not necessarily always the case. For example, MMAs are, or methyl methacrylates sure are, are and also one acrylic. of the things that we have to keep in mind, back when these were first invented, back in, it was around 1934 when they first came up with this, a usable acrylic polymer emulsion that they made. It was, it started off being cut with mineral spirits. So it was very easy to work into a lot of different parts of the technologies of of the alkyd resins of the time and the epoxies they were using and the, you know, the stuff that we're not allowed to use anymore that were highly, highly solvented coatings. They were able to bring this in. And some of the things that it brought with it is, you know, some color and gloss retention. And, you know, when you look at some of the most uh, color and gloss retentive properties of like an alkyd mm-hmm. or the epoxies. Those are always, it's the, it's the acrylic that modifies it that helps to increase that. We even use it in urethanes. Yeah, it's one of those things that when we were looking through this and looking at acrylic resins, the resins that are used in the coating technology are uh, kissing cousins to plastic. They really are. The acrylic resin itself adds flexibility. 
It adds, you know, it, it modifies the hardness of the rest of the resin technology that's in it. And the color and gloss stability that it brings to the system is just unparalleled right now in the rest of uh, coatings. You said a word a couple minutes ago that I think we need to, to clarify here a little bit. And you said emulsion. So let's let's talk about the difference between an emulsion coating and then, you know, the acrylic resin that is technically an emulsion. What we're looking at when we talk about an emulsion in this case is we're talking about how the acrylic polymer is incorporated into the liquid carrier that it's coming with. And that process that they do with this is an emulsion. Basically, they beat it into position and they make it stay there. All right. We have to take a time out here. Remind you that this podcast is brought to you by Carboline. We'd like to take a moment to talk to you about Reactamine 760. Reactamine 760 is Carboline's solvent-free aromatic hybrid polyurethane. It has ANSI NSF 61 potable water certification and is ideal for covering irregular surfaces. If you'd like to learn more about Reactamine 760, stop by our booth at the WebTech Conference. That's the Water Environment Federation Technical Exposition and Conference. That's going to be this year. It'll be in uh, New Orleans coming up on October 1st through the 3rd. Come check us out at booth number 518. Game on. Game on. So once they had perfected how they were going to create this emulsion and what they were going to do with it, the next step in that process came in the 50s. And Otto Rohm, and a lot of you have heard of Roman Haas as a company that makes uh, acrylic resins. They make a lot of resins for the coating industry. They do a lot of other stuff too. But that's their big thing that we all know them for. In the 50s, around 1953, they perfected the process of cutting it with water rather rather than it being mineral spirits. And when they were able to make a stable water-based acrylic resin, that opened it up for all of the paint companies to be able to make what we now know as house paint. Well, and I think that's one of the clarifications that, you know, just kind of hammer home what we've been talking about for the last couple of minutes is a lot of times acrylic is slang for water-based. That that's not the case, actually. I mean, it is a g- slang that is used, but just because it's acrylic doesn't mean it's necessarily water-based. That's exactly right, Jack. Most of those old acrylics that weren't water-based really aren't in use today other than the methyl methacrylate. That's right. You still see a little bit of them used as a modifier for some stuff, but in their original form, there was just too much solvent that was incorporated in those systems, and, and they don't meet most VOC requirements now. And I think I have to give myself an asterisk, not used commonly in the coatings industry. Right. In the plastic industry, I'm sure acrylic resins that are cut with solvents are still used frequently. Yep. So as we bring us up into the modern times and, and what we're working with today, you know, SSPC has a couple of standards that they really um, follow and use in the coating industry. The two main ones that we look at with acrylic latex finishes, and these are water-based systems that we're looking at, is the SSPC Paint 24 and the SSPC Paint 46. And the 24 is for latex exterior finishes, while the 46 is for elastomeric water-based coatings for concrete. And so what you'll see, if you pull up these guides, they're going to go through and they're going to talk about the different surface prep standards that you have that are available for it, and some general properties that we're looking for when we talk about these water-based acrylic paints. They get into discussing how they should be a uniform mixture, they're usually a single pack, what the odors should be that you're seeing with it, and then some reasonable dry film thickness ranges that you should be looking at. And overall, in general, they hit the main properties that a lot of latex paint has in common. Correct. Now, one thing to keep in mind with the Paint 46, what differentiates it is the term elastomeric. And when we say elastomeric, what I want you to think about is flexibility. 
Most of these elastomeric coatings are extremely flexible, have a high elongation, and have really good resistance to weather. Now, typically when we say weatherability, we talk about UV resistance. So that, that's a given when you have these water-based resins. What it also has good resistance to is like uh, wind-driven rain. That is a really common phrase that you're going to see with a lot of uh, block fillers, elastomeric coatings, things that you're going to put on the outside of a building to help improve the interior conditions of the space. The other key characteristics and part of, without getting too deep into the chemistry, without wading into those woods of science, the properties of the acrylic resins and coatings drastically differed based upon what they were react that resin with. Like we said earlier, there are acrylic modified alkyds, epoxies, urethanes, even the old vinyls were acrylic modified. And like I said before, the meth methacrylates. Depending on what other resin or technology you react the acrylic with, drastically it changes your performance characteristics. And, you know, the one that has come up a couple of times that we haven't really touched too much on, and I think, Jack, this is a topic for a future podcast. Put it on the board. Yep. Hold on. Okay. Silicone acrylics. When we get into the high temperature stuff, these are the coatings that, you know, they use heat like a part B. That's what actually kicks over that reaction to finish the cure. And we use acrylics in those as well, and that's what helps give us some color and gloss retention at those higher temperatures. Absolutely. So one other thing that I want to bring up about the acrylics is it is now taking over for alkyds as the most used paint in the world. We saw an estimate of 26 billion U.S. dollars sold in acrylics last year. That's quite a, that's quite a jump, Jack. Yeah. Okay. I think that about does it for acrylics. We don't use these as much in the industrial world as it is used in the residential or commercial world, but it is still a viable technology. That's right. It is something that's frequently used when you're having to look at what's going to be an easy to maintain system. Is this going to be a maintenance crew that just has to go in and work in a inhabited space where they need to be able to go in and just do small touch-ups here and there? Generally speaking, we only have single component products. So they're able to open up a can, go touch up a spot, close the can and put it back on the shelf. And then three months later, they can open it up again and do more touch-ups. Yeah, they're easy to apply. They're low in odor. They make it great for a maintenance of an occupied space. That's right. Well, that does it for this week. We'll see you next Monday.